Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. The highest thing the world can do is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but the highest thing a Christian can do is to understand the power of the Word of God and magnify it like God has, even above His very name. Let's talk about the importance of the Word of God in the daily Christian life. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, I'm Pastor Bob Yandian, and welcome to Student of the Word. Glad to have you here today. We're going to take up today, possibly tomorrow. We'll see how long this goes, but I'm going to talk about the priority of the Word of God in your life. And again, if you have to set a standard, even God put his word above his own name. He's told us that in the word of God. And so if God looks to the word and Jesus looks to God the Father, then Jesus looks to the word. The Holy Spirit says, I didn't come to speak of myself. I came to speak of him that sent me. That's Jesus, God the Father. But he also puts himself under the word of God. Nothing is higher than the word of God. I've heard people say, well, the Holy Spirit told me. And I said, but that contradicts the word. I don't care. The Holy Spirit told me. The Holy Spirit will not contradict the word. The word and the spirit agree together. And in fact, the Holy Spirit says, if I come to lift up anything, I've come to lift up the word of God. In fact, the first thing he does is lead us and guide us into all truth. Jesus said, your word is truth, speaking to God the Father. So to be honest with you, the word of God, if it's God himself puts it up above everything else, and the word of God will live and abide forever, the gifts of the spirit will come to a close one day as the millennium begins, and the manifestations and speaking with tongues, all that's brought out in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's coming a day that'll all cease. But not the word, the word of God lives and abides forever. And so that's the importance of the word of God. You put that as far as your life is concerned, it's rock solid, it will never change. It's even better than the constitution of our nation, which has had amendments to it, but you'll never find, oh, oops, we forgot and put a 67th book in the Bible, because why, we needed an amendment. God's word never needs to be amended. At the end of it, he said, this is it. You can't add to it or take away from it. That's the word of God. So we're simply coming down to it. What is your priority in life? What's the highest thing you have? I've heard Christians say, you know, there's different movements that come along and Christians get caught up in these movements, you know, and so we have a word movement. And then we have a prayer movement. And so there's something that's emphasized during that, during prayer, like praying in the spirit. And people say, we found the key to the Christian life. It's praying in the spirit. So whenever problems come along, we just pray our way through it. And we pray in the spirit. It's praise and worship. We have people, I mean, during times we've had moves of praise and worship across our country, giant meetings of praise and worship across our country. It was right along with the time of the charismatic movement. And uh, so people say, well, we just found the key to the Christian life. We're going to sing our way, praise our way through every problem because praise is the greatest manifestation of faith. Well, it is a great manifestation of faith. And there are times it's the best manifestation for the moment in your life. But to so constantly keep saying we have found the key to the Christian life, we found the key to the Christian life, and the key keeps changing. It's whatever, whatever interests you the most, that becomes the key to the Christian life. You tell other people, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking for the key to the Christian life. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. There are many keys. There is a key of prayer, but you know what? There's also put it away, put the one out for praise. That's important. Take the key out of the word of God and using the word of God, the word of God above everything. But there are certain times you use the key, but I'm simply saying, if you want to prioritize your life, put the word of God like God himself has to the highest position of your life, then you'll know 
which keys on that ring you're to pull out and use at certain times. The name of Jesus, your authority in Jesus Christ, prayer, praise, all the other things that are promised in the word of God, you'll know. So we're going to talk about the importance of the word of God. And literally, it gives you the strength to do what God's asked you to do is live a sanctified life in this earth. What is a sanctified life? Freedom from sin. Well, how in the world am I ever going to get free from sin? I mean, you mean I got to get to a place where I never sin again? That's God's goal. I mean, he tells you of these things write we unto you that you sin not. But what is it? The word. He simply says these things we write unto you that you sin not. And these things that are written is the word of God. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Notice it said might not because even David himself, as great as he was, still had problems in his life. As great as you are, the only one who's ever come that never, ever sinned is Jesus. But he is the model. He is the goal of our life to get to a place just like Jesus and not only to think like him, but to live like him in front of the world. Will Bob ever make it in this lifetime? Probably not. But you know what? Like I've said before, I'd rather shoot for the moon and miss it than to shoot for the ceiling and make it. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. While you're finding 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to be taking up verses 1 through 21 in this particular chapter on the priority of the word of God in your life. And while you're finding that, let me just simply say, thank you to all those who watch me. Thank for those who are committed to this program. Thanks to the ones who pray for me on a daily uh, basis. And then thank you for my monthly partners that give consistently month after month. Thank you so much. In fact, I'd like to invite all of you who love this program. If you're a first time watcher, well, just watch today and enjoy it. And then at the end of it, begin to make up your mind. Is this guy really, a, a, I like him. You know, he, he he speaks to me, but you know, am, am, do I feel close enough to him that I want to commit to him, give him on a monthly basis? Well, think about that as you watch it from day to day and you might come to that decision. I trust you will. And uh, to join a great group of people around me that know that the word of God is the highest priority and the word of God does include just one or two sermons about this particular subject. The word of God starts in Genesis and goes to the book of Revelation. We'll cover any part of the word of God to show you what we're teaching about. And so if you'd like to become a partner, go with me to, uh, to the website, bobyandian.com, and there you'll find a place where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. Second Peter chapter one, take a look. We're going to start with verses one through four. And here it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith. The word like precious means equal faith, equal in value, who have, tamed, who have obtained the equal value, precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you by the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Notice this through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and to virtue, which is excellence. What God is saying in this verse of scripture is this, his divine power that has been given to you to obtain just about anything you want in the Christian life is the knowledge of him, the knowledge of the word of God. And verse four goes on to say, by which, that's his exceeding glory and a great glory and virtue, by which we have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these, these exceeding great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Notice what the world, word of God does. It makes us a partaker of the divine nature. The divine nature is in me. 
but I become a partaker of it, then also I can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. What does it mean to be a partaker of the divine nature? I like to think of this, inside of me is a well of water springing up into everlasting life, but there's times I need to partake of it. How do I do that? I drop a bucket down in there and I pull it back out. The divine nature is in me. It was placed there when I got born again. But the way I partake of the divine nature is through these exceeding great and precious promises. Every promise is like dropping a bucket down there and pulling out part of that divine nature to where I can use it in my daily life. Then it goes on to say, through these exceeding great and precious promises, I can also escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Sin surrounds us. The three temptations that come at us is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I can escape it from all three uh, from all three sources if I learn to become a partaker of the divine nature through those exceeding great and precious promises. The verse I quoted, and I want to quote it again, is Psalm 119, verse 11. And here it says, Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not only do we hide the word of God in our heart, we pull it up from time to time to use it. And I can tell you this, there's times when literally I have been faced with tremendous problems and what comes to me is a scripture from the word of God. I actually had a man say this to me in church one day. He said, I prayed for guidance and all I got was scripture. And I started laughing. I said, of course, because Jesus said the main way the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you is into all truth. And the first thing he'll give you is the word. And he said, yeah, but you know what? I could have thought of that. How do I know that wasn't me? I said, did the promise that you thought of exactly fit your situation? He said, well, of course it did. Yes, it did. But I could have thought of that. I said, no, you couldn't because there's 7,000 promises in the word of God. And to pull out one that specifically applied to your situation had to be the Holy Spirit. He goes, I never thought of that. And see what I'm bringing up to you is oftentimes we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. He was probably waiting for an angel to come and pronounce that over him. He might've been waiting for Jesus himself to walk into the room and tell him exactly what to do. But something greater than an angel, something even higher than Jesus Christ, Christ himself or God the Father, God has exalted his word above his very name, above his very reputation. And therefore, by putting that word into your heart, you are putting the highest thing in the universe into your heart, and that will protect you from sin. So again, we come back to it. This is called the priority of the word of God in our life. I want you to look with me at verse five. Verse five begins a section down through verse nine, that we're going to talk about growth and stability. Growth and stability literally means not only are we growing the things of God, but stability means we're able to withstand the pressures of life, the onslaughts of life. There's always things coming at us from the right hand, the left hand, the world the world comes at us, the news comes at us, entertainment comes at us, songs come at us, and the, the this literally this input of the world around us comes at us 24 hours a day. I remember when I was a child that the television set went off at 11 o'clock at night and they'd have news at 10 o'clock. And then right after that, they'd have the, a little bit of the weather and talk. But at the end of that, man, there came up this, this, you know, song, the national anthem or something came up and, uh, there would be this, this test pattern that would come up around 11 o'clock and be on all night long. And there'd be a beep 
all night long on the television if you turned it on anywhere after that, because why? Everything quit after 11. And I remember the first one that ever came up, in fact, it was a friend of mine that told me, he said he had this idea and he called the television station here in Tulsa, said, you ever thought about putting a late show? He said, do you know there are night people? He said, not everybody's a day person, there are night people. He said, I'm one of them. He said, I've often thought I'd love to turn on the TV and have an old movie on there. You ever thought about putting movies on at night? And they said, no. He said, in fact, I'd like to sponsor one of them. And how much would you charge me? They said, well, we'll start out free because we've never, we didn't know what kind of audience there'll be. And he got to advertise his, his product on there at that time. Later on, they started adding a, a price to it because you know what? They found out there were night people. They started watching. And not only that, then came the late show. Then after that came the late, late show. Then the late, late, late show. And now guess what? TV now goes 24 hours a day. Guess what? The input of the world's coming at you 24 hours a day. What do you need to withstand it? Oh, the name of Jesus. Yes, that is good. Oh, I can the pray in the spirit. Yes, that's good. But the most important thing you can do is fall back on the word because Satan is continually screaming at you, screaming at you, screaming at you. And you need to be saved to every temptation. It is written, it is written, it is written. But to say it's written, you have to know it's written. First of all, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Verse five says this, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness. We'll come back and talk about each one of these stair steps in the Christian life as we progress in the word of God, we progress in holiness. I'll see you right after the break. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Without the word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, The Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, visit our website at bobyendian.com. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let's get back to 2 Peter chapter 1, again, verse 5. In verse 5, we're going to go down through verse 9, and here we're finding growth and stability in the midst of the world. It's possible in a world that's falling apart to be a person that doesn't fall apart. It's possible in this world to have people that are literally leaving the church to stay in the church. It's possible to be us in this world today around us where the word of God is being diminished and people talking bad about it and talking bad about Jesus and all. In fact, even talking bad about living right because they're trying to remove all, remove everything around us that leads to living a godly life. And they're trying to tear down the system around us. And that was built on the Christian principles. And so in verses five through nine, we are taught in these verses of scripture how to do that. Again, verse five, but also for this very reason, that's the importance of the word of God. Give all diligence. Don't just take the word of God in. Now begin to live it. Don't just take in knowledge, produce it as far as wisdom is concerned. Knowledge is an input of the word of God and wisdom is the correct application of it, living it before the world. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue is a lifestyle before the world of living the correct way, choosing each time to live godly in front of the world. This is virtue. And it's something you don't have to think about. After a while, virtue becomes the natural way to go. Virtue is an extremely high quality lifestyle to show to the world. To virtue, add knowledge. Make it number one in your life. I'm going to live a virtuous life in front of everybody. And to get there, I'm gonna take in the knowledge of the word of God. To knowledge, self-control. Self-control means we live in a body covered with flesh. And in that flesh, we have the nature of the flesh called sin in the singular and brought out in Romans chapter six and seven so powerfully that it's through the word of God and walking in the word of God that we have control over that and the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, your word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against God and also to live spiritually, to walk in the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit gives us power in our daily life to overcome the temptations of the flesh. To self-control, he goes on to it, add perseverance. This means not every problem is gonna disappear overnight. Not every problem will we conquer over a week or two. Sometimes they hang on for a month, for a year. We go through problems. We went through a lawsuit in our church and I was in the midst of all of that for three years, yet God brought us out on the other side. Paul was in the midst of a storm in a ship for two weeks, 14 days straight. He said we were in there and there was a storm every day. The ship was rocking around and after 14 days, the people feared for their life and were just almost to the point of giving up. He goes on to say perseverance, add to your perseverance, godliness, to literally live a godly life in front of people to where when people look at me, they don't see me anymore. They see the things of God. It was commented to me when I had my first job. And my, I've been raised in church all my life. Didn't think a thing about it. Gone to youth group, Sunday school. I grew up, sat in the, in the ministry, uh, under the ministry of my father, who was a pastor, sat in the auditorium with my mom. I mean, this went on all my life. We were in church three or four times a week. And whenever revivals came along, I was there for two weeks at a time every evening during those times. And it goes on to say here, you add to it godliness. It means to live a life almost without thinking about it. Godliness is just part of your character. And by the time I had my first job at 16 years old, sacking groceries, there was a day a lady came in and she started griping about everything and I lost my temper. 
And when I got back into the store after going out to her car and putting her groceries in there and I came back in, the lady that stood at the checkout stand just looked at me. I said, what? She says, I've never seen you lose your temper. I've never seen you act like that. And it suddenly struck me. You know what? Without thinking about it, I was living a Christian life. It became so much a part of my life that my thinking was controlled by the word of God, by my appearance. For I never thought about what I look like in front of people. I was always thinking, what do I look like in front of God? If I look all right in front of God, I'll look all right in front of people. Verse seven, to godliness add brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness is the Greek word phileo, and it means a kindness toward everyone around you. Black, white, the people talk about discrimination and all these other things. Listen, if you live for God, you don't look at people by their color, uh, whether they're male or female. You look at them as people that need Jesus Christ or those who have Jesus Christ. And it says here, for brotherly kindness, there's a love toward the world. For God so loved the whole world. Every person on it, every color, kindred, tribe, tongue, nation, male, female, rich, poor, all the different things, educated, not educated, he loved them all. And that's how we are to look at the world. And it takes to simply the Holy Spirit and the power of the word of God. So to a godly lifestyle, reach out in brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, the highest form of love, which is agape love. And that's the love that wants to share with them how their life can change through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse eight, for if these things are yours, the King James says, if these things be in you and abound in you and increase the word of God in you should always be increasing, abounding. It says you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. The King James again says, he that lacks these things is blind. If you are born again and yet you do not operate in the word of God, it's almost like you got saved, but it hasn't done you any good. Oh, it's going to get you to heaven, but it hasn't changed you one bit in this world and you're blind to it. You think being born again is all there is to it and you don't see there's a lifestyle attached to it. That's why God left you here. He left you here to influence the world, to change the world around you. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Your world starts right here. He literally gave that to a bunch of people. He didn't say, go you into all the world. He said, go ye into all the world. We all have our part to cover. And that's why he said here in this verse of scripture, he that lacks these things is blind and has forgotten he was cleansed from his old sins. How important this is. Isaiah 33, 6, one of the key verses to my, to my ministry. Isaiah 33, 6, wisdom, that is correct application of the word of God. Knowledge, which is correct intake of the word of God, shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. What am I talking about? Your priority of the word of God. The word of God should be your treasure. The highest treasure you have in life is every piece of the word of God, every scripture of the word of God, because natural dollars on this earth, natural treasures on this earth last as long as you are here. Then you leave them and you leave them behind for everybody else. You did not enter into this earth with money. You don't leave with money. You use what's here. But there is a type of currency you can take with you, and that is the word of God. And the results of it and the profit from it will keep on coming throughout all of eternity. That is part of our rewards in heaven. I want to go through that verse of scripture again. Wisdom, that's correct application of the word of God. Knowledge, which is input of the word of God, will be the stability of your times. What the earth needs, the entire world needs, is not just more Christians. They need more stable Christians. A stable Christian is a disciple. 
A stable Christian is one who not only is born again, but looks like he's born again, acts like he's born again, to where when people look at him, they see Jesus and they don't like it. And that's why the word of God tells us that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Notice this, not the believers, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Little Jesus is applied to disciples, not to converts. And what God wants the world to see is Bob is a little Jesus, Mary's a little Jesus, Jesus, you are too, and all of us put together form the body of Christ. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Then he goes on to say, the fear or the reverence of the Lord is your treasure. The stability of your times. When I was in high school, uh, we had a, we had a, 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 meeting one day where everybody came together and uh, came together in the auditorium. And we just had a general assembly of everybody coming together. And they brought in a man that was going to teach us on some things about science. And what he talked about was he talked about the power of centrifugal force. And what he said was, he said, uh, you know, when you're riding your bicycle, the point of it is, is when you're riding your bicycle, you're not going to fall over because the, just the fact that the wheels are going around helps keep that thing straight. And it takes hitting something big to slow you down enough to knock you over. He said, that's why when you first start your bike, you're like, this, but the faster you go, the more that thing stays upright. He talked about gyros. He said, inside of a ship is a gyro. That gyro turns around and around and around. He said, that's what keeps that ship straight up and down and also aimed in the right direction. Once they get it aimed in the right direction by the compass and that ship is sitting straight up and down, they start the gyro. It gets faster and faster and the ship remains upright and it will stay in a straight line headed toward the goal it's going to or the port it's going to go to. And so what he did was he took, he had a he had a briefcase there, a big briefcase, and he held a bicycle wheel out and it had two handlebars on it, one on each side and just a bicycle wheel. Had a young man come up, he had an electric motor, and that kid put the electric motor on and that wheel started turning around. In fact, in fact, I was sitting four or five rows back. I could hear the wind whistling through the spokes of that, that bicycle wheel. He then took it and dropped it down into that attache case, that small suitcase, and closed it. And then said to the young man, he said, pick it up. So the young man picked it up. He said, swing it back and forth. So he starts swinging it back and forth. He said, now I want you to turn around. And the kid could not turn around. He couldn't turn around for anything because the gyro inside there, that bicycle wheel spinning, kept that thing in a perfectly straight line. And he simply said, this is what happened. So what I begin to see in that as I got older, I applied it to this verse of scripture, wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge. The more you take it in, the more you live by it. The more you live by it, the more you take it in. And it becomes so much a part of your life that it becomes the stability of your times. Satan can't knock you over. He can't get you off track because what's inside of you is the highest priority that you have. And that priority is the power, strength, demonstration and the stability of your times by your understanding of the word of God. Wisdom and knowledge should be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Why? Because the fear and the reverence of the Lord is your treasure. The highest thing you have in life is not your family. The highest thing you have in life is not your marriage. No, God is number one, serving him and serving his word. Then everything else just falls into place right under it. Your priorities go, why? Because you'll have the word forever. You'll have your salvation forever. Your wife you'll have throughout this lifetime and your husband you'll have throughout this lifetime. Your children you have for a while. They grow up and then they go off and bring you grandkids. There's other things in life that simply fall down under that, but the highest thing you'll have, which you'll have forever and forever and forever, 
First of all, Jesus said, I give you everlasting life. Oh, there's a day I got it, but I will never, ever lose it. It is everlasting inside of me. My relationship to God is forever, for, he'll forever be my father. Jesus Christ will forever be my elder brother. And I will live in heaven forever and forever with God. Notice this again. Wisdom and knowledge is the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Why? Because the fear and the reverence of the Lord is the highest treasure that you have. Makes you stop and think. In fact, a good way to end this broadcast today is for you to stop and think, what is my highest priority? Uh, you know, and there, in fact, sometimes it, it varies from day to day. Well, today's my, uh, the, 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 no, it needs to be something that never, ever varies. Why don't you make that decision today? I'm going to study the word of God more than ever before. Apply it to every situation I come to. And the word of God, the fear of the Lord is going to be the highest treasure that I have. He is my priority. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.